Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Well, there's a lot going on this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Glad you're with us. There's uh, there's some news uh, on the highways. I know uh, something going on on Highway 24 near Moberly. I know Brian Houseworth's reporting on that. He'll I know he's scrambling to try to get that out on the news feed. But uh, apparently a fatal accident. A, a double fatality yeah. is... Uh what we're hearing this that's morning, what we're hearing so. so we will catch up catch you up on that we're going to check in with the senate where they've been up all night reading various books hannah will you do a little check in there and see what's going on let's follow your 28 events that probably happened or could have happened at one time or another by young boys and girls okay parents yep. teachers pastors looks like they're looks like they're still going or, uh, bill eigel is going to be on at seven thirty-five to uh answer some tough questions we have some tough questions for bill i have some tough questions for my friend bill um so we'll, we got a lot going on but right now john potter joins us in studio how you doing john very good Thanks thank for you having me. thank you for coming in uh, uh a candidate previously for columbia public school board yes um you have an announcement to make yeah the microphone is yours Oh yeah, I am. I'm going to uh, enter the race for the 47th district um, state representative uh, race, and um, also I'm uh, running for school board as well. So simultaneously running. Yes, this is like being in the Olympics and being on the uh, track and field at the same time that they're doing the swimming competition. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how are you going to manage that? Um, well, I um, I have a full time job now. If I was to win the board seat. Um, I would uh, have a, a part-time and a full-time job. If I um, win the board and the uh, state representative seat, then I would quit my full-time job and uh, go full-time with the uh, state rep seat and and the board part-time. That's a lot. Um, yeah. We'll talk about, so Adrian Plank holds that seat right now, House yes. District 47. Um, Columbia, we went from quite a few conservative and a, 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 basically a conservative coalition for mid-Missouri to uh, not a lot of conservatives here in mid-Missouri. So in looking at that district, how do you, how do you think you can win? Um, well, I think I can uh, focus on uh, where I came from. Uh, um, I grew up in a, um, a poor neighborhood on uh, welfare, and I want to concentrate on um, welfare reform. I want to concentrate on uh, school school board things and um, just try to use my experience uh, personally and um, here in the last few years with the uh, school district and and come bring bring the, that experience to uh so, so when we're looking at the 47th, we're looking at the west side of Columbia into Roachport, up to Harrisburg, and all the way up to Sturgeon, yes. but not including Hallsville. So yes. I know Hannah and I, as we've been listening to that Senate feed, you know, they're calling all the senators by their numbers. And I'm like, you know, I don't have them all memorized. <laughs> and I know when I hear the House district, sometimes, especially with redistricting, it, it's like, which which district are we talking about here? So, yeah, if you're in Harrisburg, Sturgeon, Roachport. That's that's the forty seven. Yeah, yeah, pretty much uh, north Boone County, and then it, it wraps around a little bit into uh, central uh, Columbia. So uh, that sounds like you have an awful lot of fundraising to do in a short amount of time. Yes, that's a, I that's do. That's a big task to run, especially for the state rep role. That, yes, that, that, you have to reach a lot of people in many different ways. It takes some bucks. How yes. are you going to do that? Um, I'm I'm going to uh, hit the ground running. I know that the, it's not going to be easy. It was a, a hard decision to make, but you know, kind of like with the school board. Um, Nobody was stepping up, and and these these um, the forty seventh district and and the school board, um, with, they just can't go unopposed. They've been um, 
They've been ran by uh, uh, Democrats, uh, the this um, the school board for a long time. And then with uh, Plank being in the 47th district, I think that um, somebody needs to challenge that seat again and, and try to get it over into uh, Republican conservative Representative hands. Plank has been uh, serving for a couple of years and um, on the Agri- Agriculture Policy Committee, Subcommittee on Appropriations, Rural Community Development, Special Committee on Small Business. Workforce and infrastructure development. Uh, among those various uh, buckets, where do you think he's going wrong, and what would you do to change that direction? Um, well, I would, uh, I would, I would focus more on um, inner city problems. Mm-hmm. I would focus, like I said, with uh, welfare reform. I think that um, we need to work on the when it comes to Columbia, the um, the homeless issues and the. Um, and and incentivize um, uh, welfare so it because it, it decentivizes um, getting a job, getting um, uh, making a uh, income that you can claim on your taxes because uh, then then they take away your welfare. And so I want to incentivize you know getting a better credit score and and bringing up. Um, um, businesses from those communities. Well, how do you feel about, I'm looking at a bill, a House Bill 1944, uh, that uh, it looks to me, reading the text of the bill, that he's proposing that uh, taxpayers who install solar and you know uh, should get a credit against their state taxes. How do you feel about that? Um, well, I haven't looked into that much. One of the things that I was going to run on is uh, is um, nuclear power. I think um, we need to uh, focus on on uh, carbon neutral things and and um, renewable sources of energy and safe energy. And um, I think with modern technology and advancements um, and just the fact that you know MU has a has a rea- research reactor and we have a, a Callaway reactor i think we need to focus on maybe not not burning as much coal here in columbia and and try to focus on some nuclear alternatives when it comes to the columbia public schools what are your top three priorities should you be elected there because you came close last time yeah one of the things is i i'm going to look into to changing the um the district as far as um it's a, a bipartisan race and we know that it's not bipartisan um it's been dominated by um one political party for uh many years and so i want to uh look into um really just coming out and and being transparent showing people that that this is a a a um partisan election and and we need to uh, just make that known so we can see the um the monopolization of the district for for how long it's for how long it's been going on all right and where do you live in the in the district going down um to- i live on moeller road north columbia right outside the city limits okay are there any particular um spots that you see within the district that actually need targeted you know directive measures that policy could address yeah, um, like I said, it's 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 more for me. It's the um, the poor community. You yeah. know, that's where I'm from. That's where I want to concentrate my efforts right now, and and just trying to lift people out of poverty and giving incentives to to do so. So the Democrats, the progressives, say you throw more money at people, you you do more state sponsored programs. The government knows what's good for people on welfare, right. so that they can take care of them, and you know, as long as they get votes right from those people. Yes. Yes. You said you grew up in poverty using yes. welfare. What yes. was the secret sauce for escaping the welfare? Welfare cycle. Um, 
And what would you do policy-wise to help not, others? Not, not not playing a victim, you know, playing a survivor. I think um, recognizing that um, that we all have have potential. You know, when I when I lived there, everybody had you know we call them side hustles. Um, you know, if it's babysitting, uh, landscaping, uh, sal- hair salons, whatever it is, and we need a lot of people in poverty do these things under the table because um, they're afraid they get their welfare taken away. And so when um, we bring it, bring that to light, then we can actually incentivize starting businesses and then therefore building up um, building up credit scores and things like that and not take away the welfare and actually maybe even give more welfare when you hit certain benchmarks to to get people out of poverty. So, in other words, you're addressing the disincentive by success by yes. achievement there comes that gap where you get punished for achieving but yet you're Absolutely. not quite into an independent state financially yes yes you um you make a certain amount of of money and then they just they take away your welfare so so people get up to that point and then they start doing everything under the table and therefore they're not adding to um you know the the tax system they're not adding to their credit and they're just kind of in a perpet per, per, perpetual state okay. of 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 uh, so that that's place. on the that's on the work ethic and and the, the the wish to work but yet getting punished for it yes. side. What about families? And what about yes. the I, the one thing we've seen since the great welfare state started federally back yes. in the sixties was with the support of single mostly moms yes. single parent households. Yes, and that's how it's I grew broken up. up the family. Yes, because absolutely. there's actually a disincentive because of the same reason. Yes. Now we add the incomes; they're not quite enough, and so therefore people don't get married. They don't yes. stay committed. Yes, what, what could parent, be good policy-wise? A two-parent household. Um, we need to incentivize that. Like I said, it, it does go back to welfare reform. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to not punish somebody that wants to get married, and and bring two incomes into the household. I think that that should be incentivized. I think actually you should get more money for doing that to, for a certain amount of time and and slowly wing people off the dependencies of the government. Okay, here's a conservative litmus test for you. Okay. <laughs> Is it the government's responsibility to subsidize and or otherwise facilitate child care? Um, maybe for a certain extent. I think uh, some people do need help. Um, I think... Uh, it shouldn't be a long-term thing. I, I, I believe in a hand up, not a handout. Okay. All right. Anything else? And, and, and especially how do people stay in touch with you on your candidacy? Um, right now, I'm still in the processes of forming a, a committee and a website and all that. Um, of course, I do have the um, uh, Facebook page for my mm-hmm. uh, school board election. Um, I think uh, uh, supporting me there right now would be the best bet. Um, this is just an announcement. I'm going to be launching the campaign in mid-March, so therefore I'm going to be uh, concentrating most of my efforts in the school board race for now and um, gathering donations and things okay. um, in the in the future for uh, the state rep seat. Good. Well, all the best of luck to you. Thanks for making the announcement here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Yeah, thanks for having me. Final question. Are you a descendant of Sherman T. Potter? from mash fame i'm just asking nah, you know, no no i don't think so <laughs> colonel potter you're not any uh, <laughs> <No>. okay <laughs> thanks no. john appreciate it all right thank you <laughs> all right there he is with an announcement he's running on dual tracks columbia public school board and 47th district state rep wow that's a tall order and holding down a job Sounds like an American story in the making. There we go. All right. Uh, thanks, John, for being with us. When we come Thank back, uh, it's hot with Hannah. And, Hannah, you're going to have more time than you've ever imagined because we're out on time. Wow. Do I get a pat on the back or anything? 
a gold star for oh, doing what you're supposed you. to be doing. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Get a ribbon for showing up, I know. What's Hot with Hannah coming up? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Freedom of speech. Practice to your daily. Randy is having a day, but I just made his day because I found that's the best feeling in the whole world. When you thought you've lost something and then you find it, (laughs) there is literally nothing better. I'm over here doing the YMCA to try to tell you that we're back from commercial break and he's over there putting eye drops in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it feels so much better. Should we we try this again? (laughs) You're still on time. It's time. It's hot, hot, hot with Hannah. And I'm sorry I got distracted because... (laughs) Hannah, do you know how thankful I am that Stephanie found my eye drops? I heard you like muttering and being really upset yesterday because you couldn't find those. <laughs> well, these are these are special eye drops that have oh. hyaluronic acid and oh. and they're meter dose eye drops. Is that why you've been so cranky this I'm morning? I'm not cranky this morning. And I got the uh, and I and anyway, so I'd lost them for a couple of days, and I was using the cheapo <laughs> stuff, which is eh, not so good. Stephanie, where did them. you find those? This was great. Under the table, they, on the floor. They fell on. The floor. They fell on the floor. Oh. Well, anyway, I'm, thank you, uh, thank you, Stephanie. Really appreciate it. This <laughs> made my day. Okay, what's what's hot with and you? And while we're trying to do a radio what? show, he is in there putting eye drops. Ah, in well, his I get these eyes. dry eyes with the contacts. You know, they get dry. So I'm thankful for the eye drops. You have glasses on. These are readers. Oh, I, go ahead and say something about your ageism. Go ahead, I can take it. I no, take I, it. I just have never seen anyone wear contacts and glasses at the same time. Well, the contacts—it's not ageist. You get to the point where the the multifocal contacts don't quite correct the close vision enough, so you still so you go back to the monofocals and you use the readers. See, my my vision's terrible. I have yeah. zero room to chide you. Yeah, about no, vision. it's okay. I mean, it's fine. I just you have bad vision. Yeah. I didn't know. Remember, I failed the vision test at the DMV. Oh, that's right. I always have to go to the eye doctor and get an actual eye exam, and they fill out a form saying, yes, I can see well enough to drive. Ah. It's a whole thing. All right. Anyway. Uh, Well, you've been checking in with the Senate from time to time, and I know you will be. What else is hot on your plate, though, today? Well, it's related to that, actually. (laughs) Uh, Our our friend Scott Fawn, publisher of the Missouri Times, Mm -hmm. on his Twitter account, called the current senate mess the worst book club ever (laughs) and i think stephanie what did you say about the podcast yeah because it's a live stream and i said senate podcast zero out of ten no stars (laughs) no stars worst worst podcast ever it's not entertaining and a little bit of behind the scenes like stuff that i've learned since i've started doing radio is they call it a reset and when people (laughs) just tune in that's why you hear us sometimes we'll say we're talking with uh this person and we're talking about this and that's why if you just tune in you know what's going on and i'm like we need a reset in the senate right now because i can't tell who's talking and i can't tell if they're reading from a book or like <laughs> making stuff up i'm not sure we need them to reset a little bit just so we can all get on the same page right i think they need a huge a huge reset <laughs> i mean they i don't know if there's a big enough reset to get these well people together when i woke up this morning and started scrolling through my twitter feed you know before my feet even hit the ground because that's what you do at three o'clock in the morning, 
Um, <laughs> I saw that the Senate was still going strong, and I was looking at some of the books that they were reading, and I was inspired to ask the Wake Up Fam, if you were a senator who wanted to filibuster, what book would you force everyone to listen to as you read aloud until 3 a.m.? <laughs> and we're getting some response on the Wake Up in Missouri Facebook page. Um, but I would encourage you, if you're listening right now, to weigh in. You can text us, 874-9390. Um, Amy commented a photo of a book that's titled Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And, and then Ben made a suggestion that just makes way too much sense, so they would never do this. Uh, ben says, maybe they could read the bills? Question <laughs> mark. They were just complaining that people don't read the bills. I was see, mine would be we should read the Missouri Constitution. It's pretty long, um, and I don't think enough people have read it. And so, at least if you're going to stand up and read, like do some do something helpful. Yeah. Perk suggests that they should read the Federalist Papers. There you go. Um, yeah. We have a vote for the Outsiders. Stay yeah. golden, Pony Boy. <laughs> How about one of those books, you know, the the Four Dummies series, you know, adulting for dummies. <laughs> how to how to hold, how to work together for dummies? Yeah, wow. yeah, I think that's the one they need. Yeah, um, yeah, getting along to get things done for common goals. You know, one hundred and one. I mean, where how is, to negotiate for oh, dummies? Lordy, 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 lordy. How to not be a pain in the butt. Ooh. For dummies. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll send, your, your crankiness is rubbing off. We'll on send me. that message right down to the Senate floor, <laughs> oh, no. courtesy of Anna. Uh, Bill Eigel's supposed to join us at 735 unless he's reading Dr. Seuss on the floor. We'll see what happens. Stay there. Get an exclusive look behind the scenes of the show by watching on YouTube. Search Wake Up Mid Missouri. Coffee, the cop said George could hear the sounds of sirens outside. A police car and an ambulance skidded to a halt. Two cops came through the door, guns drawn. Chuck, you okay? One of the cops asked the wounded officer, Not bad for a guy who took a bullet. How did you find me? Well, that's a live feed from the Senate floor, right, Hannah? Yes. Live feed. Okay. And they and were supposed to go in at 4, but they were delayed because of the committee. So I think they went in at like 545, and they've been going nonstop. And again, we uh, we remain confused. It's our understanding that there was a general agreement that if the gubernatorial appointments were passed, that uh, or were you know consented to, then uh, the, the the all of the all of the bills, proposed bills, the filed bills would be sent to committee. Caleb Rowden did that on Thursday without gubernatorial appointment approval. That didn't happen Thursday. It had, didn't happen yesterday. The filibuster is ongoing. Uh, many, and I would say the weight of my text feed on 573-874-9390, the weight of the, of the body is now trending towards why won't they get on with the business, let the committees roll, what is the problem now from the Freedom Caucus, and guess who's on the line? Senator Bill Eigel, as he... Uh, uh, Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you for uh, for for weighing in on this. Um, I think many of us remain confused. It seems like the very work of the committee that the Freedom Caucus claimed to want, which was to get these bills out, get them referred, urgency, urgency, is not happening because of the filibuster of the Freedom Caucus. Your response? 
Well, first of all, we've secured a commitment that at 9 a.m. this morning, that committee will meet and actually vote out the IP reform bills. So, so that's that's the next step in the process. That is approximately, uh, let's see if I could do my math right, that is 82 minutes away, uh, and I expect that to happen. Uh, the only reason that doesn't happen is if leadership decides it won't happen. So uh, we're actually, we're in the midst right now, Randy, of something remarkable. Uh, what about... In the, in the, what about all the other committee meetings that were scheduled for this morning that are canceled? So, yeah, anytime you use the, the Senate floor to slow things down, uh, the, generally there are some committee meetings that uh, have to be delayed or postponed or canceled to the next week. I'm okay with that because we've been very clear. Our intention was is to hold up uh, some of these gubernatorial appointees until IP reform leaves the Senate, and we're going to continue to apply pressure until that happens. But uh, let me go back to what I was saying, which was hey, we're, we're, see, we're watching something remarkable unfold here. Uh, because of the amount of pressure that we have now placed on leadership for the past couple weeks, we've seen in the span of four legislative days, a bill be referred to committee, a committee hearing heard, and then here in about an hour and a half, the bill the bill's going to be voted out of committee. That's actually a remarkably fast track uh, for any bill, and it's happening. I want to be clear about this. This is happening because the Freedom Caucus is applying the level of pressure that we're applying right now. If we, don't, if we don't apply the pressure that we're applying right now, that doesn't happen. In fact, before we were applying pressure, nothing was happening. So I'm very pleased to report that what we're doing is working out just fine. Didn't IP reform clear the Senate last year? Uh, it did clear the Senate last year. And then at the end of session, our, our leadership uh, was unable to get together with the House and come up with a bill that could be brought back uh, before the body. And it just wasn't prioritized. You know, and, and part of the part of the problem there is that we waited so long into session. I mean, we didn't even hear the bill on the Senate floor until after spring break. By that time, uh, uh, we got it out of the Senate after spring break. It went over to the House and, and you know, due to some of the, the last second uh, negotiating and the, the chaos that unfolds. So every year in the last couple of weeks, it didn't get done. So our mission this session is to not let that happen. We're not going to wait till the end of session. We're going to start applying pressure and a whole bunch of it right now. And I want to be clear, because we're applying this pressure right now, the IP bill is moving through the Senate faster than any other bill and faster, far faster than what a bill would normally move through a chamber like the Missouri Senate. Senator Eigel joins us live here on the program. Senator, we appreciate your time. Uh, guys, just a quick, because uh, I have several questions for the senator, but a quick traffic note right now. There are a number of slick spots in the area, including Columbia. They are calling for uh, salt on I-70 Drive. We have reports of ice on I-70 Drive. Yes, they are calling for salt. They're having to get salt trucks out on I-70 Drive right now, so be very careful. Reports of people having trouble on I-70 Drive, and then Highway 20 near Moberly remains closed at this hour due to a deadly collision between two uh, semis uh, just outside of the uh, city limits there in Moberly, east of Highway 24. Senator, appreciate your time. What, what, what's your impression of the senator from Jackson, Senator Rizzo, who essentially says that Republicans can't govern? Essentially well, that you guys can't govern because of what's happening. Your response. 
Well, one of the main uh, missions of the Democratic caucus right now is to derail IP reform. So as he sees us effectively putting pressure on our leadership and forcing through the IP reform bill faster than any other bill, especially a major priority like this, has moved in the chamber in a long time. Uh, the minority floor leader is naturally getting very nervous as he's starting to feel a lot of anxiety because all of a sudden we have a few Republicans taking a hard stance uh, that we're going to slow this chamber down uh, altogether if we don't start moving the big red Republican things. That's exactly what happened. That's what's happening right now. And J.J. Rizzo doesn't like that. So, <laughs> but, but my mission has always been about policy. Our mission is we're going to continue to apply pressure to the institution of the Senate to begin producing big red Republican victories. That is exactly what's happening right now. Everything's on course. And I know there, there is a, a, a ton of uh, discomfort being expressed by our leadership team uh, over the fact that we're willing to apply this pressure. But I'd point to last session when we hardly ever applied pressure and ultimately these bills didn't make it through the system. So uh, I'm not going to trust in a system uh, that doesn't work, uh, that has failed us in the past. We're going to continue applying pressure and making the status quo uncomfortable. And right now that's producing movement on the IP reform bill, which is going to protect our constitution from the pro-abortion forces that are trying to enshrine abortion back into the founding document of the state. But if he, if that goes to the floor, it, it obviously will very soon. Mm-hmm. Don't you think Rizzo and the Democrats are going to get up and filibuster you, that, that bill? I am looking forward to the day uh, that where we have Democrats that are forced to go out onto that Senate floor instead of Republicans to filibuster against uh, Republican priorities so that all the Republicans can stand together and hold the floor for that filibuster until we reach a conclusion. So that's I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that when the bill does reach the floor, you're going to see a tremendous amount of Democratic opposition or as much as they could muster. My commitment is just like I'm I'm pushing against the Republicans. Uh, to get these things to the floor, I'm prepared. Every single member of the Freedom Caucus is prepared to push against uh, every member of the of the Democratic minority for as long as it takes in order to get this bill out of the Senate and then over to the House. And then we're going to have to start having conversations of how can we make sure that the House is going to do their part and get that bill to the people. Senator Bill Igel joins us, also a gubernatorial candidate on uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, on your uh, campaign trail, like uh, Randy said, for governor, Are you hearing from anybody out there, and obviously the folks who come to your campaign event, you would presume would be supportive of your your run for governor. Are you hearing from people out there who've thrown up their hands who just said, I don't know who I'm voting for. These guys don't get along on this side. These guys don't get along on the other side. Well, I I think. What I'm hearing uh, on the on the campaign trail, and I've been hearing this for the past year and a half, is that Republicans are frustrated. Uh, they're frustrated. They feel like the Republican supermajorities have been very weak when it comes to dealing with the Democrats and pushing our big priorities. I think that they're looking for a fighter. In fact, I don't think they're looking uh, for less uh, confrontation. They're looking for more confrontation. They're looking for folks that are going to do the difficult things and apply the pressure where necessary, even if that means our own Republican leadership, in order to move the things that we promised in campaign season. So, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, look, look at what's the reason I think Republicans nationally are rallying around Donald J. Trump is the fact that they see him as a guy that doesn't take orders from the status quo in Washington, D.C. and will 
have the back of the American people when the campaign season ends. They know he's a fighter. The people in Missouri, are the Republicans in Missouri in particular, are very frustrated with the establishment in Jefferson City that seems to uh, protect the status quo. Government gets bigger every year. We're continuing to fail on these big Republican priorities. And they're looking for change agents who are really going to come in and reform that system. So, no, I don't think anybody uh, is is frustrated. I haven't heard anybody that, that's frustrated that uh, we're making our leadership team uncomfortable. I mean, they're busy taking our parking spaces, our chairmanships. We've been focused on policy. We're going to continue to make it folks here in this building uncomfortable, whether that means our leadership in the Missouri Senate or that means the Democratic caucus. Our mission is the same. We're going to get IP reform done. Or if we don't, I don't know that much of anything is going to get done this year. Bill, I, I do want to, and, and with all due respect, and thank you for your service in the Air Force. You know, I have a lot of respect for you, but I, I, I'm troubled by some 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 um, incoherence and cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. in in the whole gubernatorial appointment thing. I mean, we you claim to be the Freedom Caucus, highly principled people. I I I'll buy that. Many of us who also have a different or perhaps an additional definition of principle would say, Nick Schroer told me on my program on Saturday mornings in St. Louis, and I'll paraphrase that really there isn't a substance. There wasn't a substantive problem. And maybe he was only speaking for Nick, maybe not the entire caucus, with the gubernatorial slate. He said there was one person that initially there was some misinformation, but we got that straightened up. Basically saying we're just using this as a cudgel. For many of us who have our own maybe definition of principle, if you don't have a disagreement with the content of the gubernatorial appointments, it seems a bit disingenuous to not pass the slate of gubernatorial appointments. No. No, I, I, you know, the gubernatorial appointments is just one of the levers that uh, members of the Senate have in order to bring leverage uh, to the body in order to either force passage of a bill that they'd like to see done or to slow passage of another bill that they don't like to see done. There's, I mean, the uh, oftentimes we slow the chamber down by reading on the journal, and it's not because we actually have a problem with the journal that has to be read and approved every day, but it's because we're bringing leverage. And actually, this is a very common thing. We're seeing this in the U.S. Senate, uh, where you have uh, individual U.S. senators uh, hold up certain presidential appointments. Uh, we have a, uh, you know, I think we have a long conversation going on about that. So this is actually a very standard routine procedure for any senator and any Senate body to take in order to bring an appropriate amount of leverage. So but, no, but why not be? Common. But why not be transparent about it? Why not just say, right. hey, we're using I, a procedural maneuver. We really don't have a problem because those people have lives. So, the governor so. has appointed them. Their reputations may be influenced. So, uh, first of all, we, we have been transparent for that. In fact, we actually took a vote just a few hours ago in, a tri- in, a, in what we were trying to show as a measure of good faith to actually allow 19 of the gubernatorial appointments to go through. There were no strings attached to that. We wanted to show a measure of good faith because we have seen a little bit of movement uh, on the IP reform bills. And, and wouldn't you know, when we did that, 18 Republicans voted against it. So, they, so what is- we, we offered to let them go, and they said, no, we don't want them. <laughs> Well, because I think they thought they had a different deal, but I think, okay, so, uh, you know, last week it was, okay, let the, let the IP thing get referred, go to committee, and then maybe we'll do the gubernatorial appointments. Then, you know, the goalpost moved sometime over the weekend and it said, okay, you can have some of your gubernatorial appointments, but not all of them. Now you're saying there's a new deal, maybe, and at 9 a.m., there, well, there's some sort of agreement at 9 a.m., those IP bills get exact out. So what is it going to take 
for, I mean, have you laid down some sort of new goalpost that says if you exec out the bills that I want out of the IP, you know, out of the committee, then we will pass all your gubernatorial appointments? Or is it somewhere else now? Is it they, it has to get to the floor and has to get out of the Senate before I'll move on gubernatorial Property taxes are next. Yeah. I don't, I mean, what, what's the, <laughs> yeah, actually, what's the property, deal? Yeah, we do want to talk about personal property taxes. But uh, no, no, we actually said two weeks ago, Stephanie, we were very clear that we wanted IP reform to leave the Senate or failing that we were going to start slowing down gubernatorial appointments. So uh, we, at, at first, I think uh, the that that red line wasn't taken very seriously. But I got to tell you, after being on the floor for the past 12 hours, I think they're taking it pretty seriously right now. In fact, they're taking it so seriously that they did refer the bills, all the bills last Thursday, that they did hear the the, the bills in committee yesterday, that they are planning to uh, vote the bills out about an hour from now. So uh, this is, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, the world is ending and, the, the, you know, chaos is unfolding. No, no, no. We've been very clear about what we want. We want initiative petition to pass the Senate chamber and move over to the House. And then so is that uh, the, the House is that the, the rule then once it leaves the Senate, that's when you'll do the gubernatorial appointments and not until that. If Is that where the line is? I think that we're trying to make room to let some of those gubernatorial appointments go right now, and it's actually the other senators that are saying no to that. But again, what we're trying to do, and, and I think we want—I want to talk a little bit about the consistent pressure that we are applying to Senate leadership. Yesterday, today, last week, we are going to continue to apply that pressure, and it makes them uncomfortable. There's no question; uh, it makes them uncomfortable. They don't like it. And listen, I'm not necessarily a fan of staying up all night either. But our commitment is to get IP reform done so that the abortion forces in this state are not able to enshrine the killing of unborn kids into our constitution. And you know what? If we have to slow down a few gubernatorial appointments to make sure that our leadership team feels the necessary pressure to get it done as quickly as possible, which is precisely what's happening, but I'm okay with it. All right. Well, uh, hey, we're out of time, and you may have to get back to the floor to read some more um, some more books, and uh, <laughs> good luck in that. Just to leave you with this text, something to ponder, Senator Eigel. Okay. A, a listener says, in Jefferson City, they are all fighting over who can say I did this instead of we did this. Interesting. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for having <laughs> okay. me on. Thank I you, will, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for joining to us. You guys very soon. Hey, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Well, there's some uh, there's some I mean, interesting talk for fodder. Well, and think about the many state workers that are listening to this who have the budget, the state budget is in these folks' hands. And there have you go. concern, serious concerns. There you go. All right. <laughs> John, what's up your sleeve when we come back? Well, I've got a history lesson on KWS. Kind of pales to that guy. I can't wait. We'll be back. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Saying whatever we want. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. would be all except for this 2 p.m saturday january 30th 1937 kws officially went on the air at 1310 kilohertz with 100 watts power making it the 16th licensed station in missouri kws keep watching our state began as a daytime only station on from 12 30 to 5 30 in the afternoon wow first day Dance Hour, Gypsy Fortunes, Organ <laughs> Reveries, the official dedication program, 
and Leroy Hackman and his orchestra in the afternoon. Hack would later be known as the chief engineer for 40 years. 1938, KWS teamed up with KWK and began the Cardinal Baseball Network, and KWS was a Cardinal affiliate longer than any other station, including KMOX. An interesting factoid from the early days when it was WOS into the early 1930s when it was run by the state, the predecessor WOS announcers broadcast one-way messages on the air to (laughs) To the highway patrolmen in their Model A Fords, like, uh, go to Joe's gas station in California, there's a message there for you. Wow. Now you know the rest of that story. Aren't there still some stations that maintain the three-letter call signal, like KOA out of Denver? Yeah, WHO in Des Moines, WHB in Kansas City. Sure, yeah, those are the... Uh-huh. And the, the way it way it was, W call letters in the latter days were east of the Mississippi, Call letters K are west of the Mississippi. Yeah, I just visited the Grand Ole Opry, and they kind of claim the longest-running program. And I think it's not that much older than KWOS, <laughs> but I think they're on WSM. So happy birthday, KWOS. How about that? Pretty cool. Hey, that is that is really cool. When we come back, Ben Shapiro <laughs> enters into the world yes. of rap. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. Stay there. <laughs>